0: and quantum leadership development between them once again thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show
1: all right welcome mainline executive coaching here act we've got uh, another continuing uh podcast here talking about the top challenges that are facing leaders today and we're taking on a particular one about meetings Meetings—the quality of meetings, the quantity of meetings, how well these meetings go, how well they—sometimes they don't go—and what the effects are, what you can do about it. When you really get down to it, obviously there's some real serious problems here with meetings. I mean, if you take a look at some of the statistics here—that um, are kind of so uh, of—they're a little upsetting in some ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about those. There are uh, there's some there's some statistics that are uh, eye opening.
1: A disrupt workflow long term growth has, affects that talent retention yeah I mean you got talented people they're not going to put up with the kind of nonsense of just meeting after meeting after meeting that just just frustrates them they're not going to hang around that yeah 50% people for 50% of the meetings uh i think the you know, the time there is okay 90% though they daydream 90% of your people are daydreaming in meetings and 73% if you're doing something like on a Zoom, or a team, or whatever it is, yeah. um, they're doing something else. 73 are doing other work while in the meeting itself, which causes a whole bunch of other problems there. So yeah. let's get into this, Rich. Let's, let's do this. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot.
0: All righty. Well, here we, here we are, Michael. Uh, top challenges facing leaders today. And of course, this is the third one in our series. Uh, this current series, and yeah. a lot of this information was brought um, to us by Corn Fairy Institute and Forbes, and there are several others that we'll mention along the way here.
1: All right, I the, the Corn Fairy people.
0: All yeah, right. the Corn Fairy, uh, Corn Fairy Institute.
1: Absolutely. Right. Don't go into that cornfield. I'm telling you. <laughs>
0: That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, stay out. That's uh, children of the corn live there.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now, here's uh, as always, we come up with our startling facts on meeting madness. You know, you have we've heard this called a lot of different things. Meeting madness is is one of the ones that truly will outline these statistics. So here we go. First statistic, executives spend on average 23 hours a week in meetings. And that's up from less than 10 hours a week in the 1960s. And that that does not count all the impromptu uh, meetings that prop up you know, throughout the week. These are the actual scheduled
1: meetings. Mm-hmm. So I, my question when I saw that was, who was doing the leadership in... Um, who had those leadership positions 60 years ago?
0: That's that's a good question.
1: I think and, it's a very relevant question. Yes,
0: and it, you you came up with some very good uh, ideas on that that I mean, uh, make a lot of sense.
1: The people that were leading in the 60s were people that had been through a Great Depression, been through World War II and the Korean War. These are people that had some real world hard knock challenges that they had to face and work through and restarting a whole generation that came after these wars and these uh, the depression. I mean, these people had been really been in the fire, had really been tested in the fire. So I think that these were people to a large extent that knew how to get things done. They knew yes. how to work. They had a kind of self, they had, let's be honest about it. They had a kind of self-confidence you just don't see too much these days that's a fact. They just—they were just a, simply a, a, a different generation that saw things in a different way. You might say, you know, they had their problems. Well, what generation doesn't have their problems? But you take a look at the power that they brought forth and bringing forth so much of what it is that we enjoy today. We, we are the benefactors of these people that led, that broke new ground, that did new things, going to the moon, computers, on and on and on and on and on. We're really enjoying the fruits and we're building on their shoulders. But these are the people, these are the tough minded, strong minded, you know, get it done, committed people that really made a lot of things happen. So I I think a lot of that was they didn't need to spend a lot of hours in meetings because, like you said, they knew what to do and they went and did it.
0: They went and and did it. They didn't have all the the things that we have nowadays for, for data collection and stuff. It had to be done manually.
1: And even then my, my guess would be that they could go through, they could sort through that data pretty quickly, even though it's more complicated. I understand yep. there's a lot of complexity yep. to it, but I think they just had a different way of thinking, had a different way of approaching how to get it done. Right. I really right. do.
0: So our next startling fact. So the, according to a recent survey from Common Sense Leadership, the vast majority of meetings are viewed as ineffective. Ineffective. The vast majority. Now, there wasn't a really a number to say what the vast majority is, but I would assume that's more than fifty percent.
1: Probably the number was so high that people were swallowing their tongues and passing out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can't put this down, or
1: yeah, <laughs> no one would believe.
0: Me. No one will believe us. Next one, very interesting. Seventy-five percent of leaders do not have the formal skills or training on how to effectively lead and manage meetings.
1: 75%. That's a, that's a tough one to swallow. It is. I mean, that's a tough one to swallow. It's what is so blasted hard about running a meeting? You know, 75% don't have the skills, the training to do that effectively. What's they, so difficult they, about that? They can't
0: that? keep the focus. They can't keep the team's focus. They don't understand how, you know, there are simple tools we're going to talk about here in just a minute. On, right yeah, we'll how do how do about.
1: We may have to do two of these or something like that. But yeah. the, the, the problem is, It begins, makes me begin to wonder do do they even know why they're meeting or do they just think they know why they're meeting?
0: Well, I, you know, I I spoke with someone the other day, Michael, on this very topic. And she had just left her company after 20 plus years. And one of the primary reasons she stated that she left was Zoom fatigue. Hmm. Too many meetings, Zoom fatigue. It was, it was out of hand. And there was more talk too much talk and not enough action and that, so
1: that you, you look at that that's the, what they really are the meetings have become is a distraction rather than a means to better action yes so why do they need the distraction that's that's another interesting thing Why do you need yeah. that
0: why do we need that why do we have to constantly and zoom fatigue is is a real thing it's a, it's a it's a real issue now
1: yeah. It
0: now, just, it, now, if this this last one blew your socks off, yeah. This it, startling fact, okay. According to Doodle's State of Meetings report, too many useless meetings are costing the U.S. economy an estimated three hundred and ninety-nine billion dollars per year. Holy smokes! That's like leaving the the tap on, and going on vacation or something that you know that's that's 100
1: freaking billion bucks yeah yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of holes in the ship man
0: and you know how many of these uh, companies really are are monitoring the time and the the wasted time from all of these these uh, meetings they're having ineffective meetings how much you use a losing out there
1: you know if you, for those, if you those start guys. a meeting late they cost for every minute you you the person who's facilitating the meeting every minute you start a meeting late that's 50 bucks yep. every minute you go over a meeting that's 50 bucks how well do you think those meetings would start on time and then end on time yeah you got to put some sort of cost to it I means real cost that's real
0: it's real cost
1: yeah so let's jump ahead I, I this I'm gonna this is
0: entitled death by meeting
1: exciting
0: these are some these are some uh things that we're gonna jump into okay
1: it's okay, it's okay. It's great. that's a great title for a comedy a movie death by meeting Death by meeting
0: death by meeting that could be something yeah <laughs> maybe it could be, even be a musical maybe a musical <laughs> musical mystery comedy kind yeah of thing. that uh, something. So reduced productivity. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing. Um, one of the two thirds of respondents in a corn Ferry survey say that too much time in meetings and, and calls prevents them from making a significant contribution at work. Too much time, two thirds. Now, I don't know how many people responded on that survey. Uh, I know the one that we just looked at that came out of there was. Uh, what, 1.4 million employees, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Um. But it, it truly creates reduced productivity. Now, think about this. this. We we were just talking about this. And I think this next, next bullet point really outlines this. Disrupted workflow. That meetings scheduled throughout the day uh, prevent employees from focusing on the work that requires their concentration. Now, how often have you been deep in in thought or deep in in collecting data or or working on you know whatever it is you need to be working on
1: mm-hmm.
0: and suddenly you're disrupted by hey uh, so-and-so needs us to go to a meeting right now
1: yeah that, that's but, a, I, a bad thing right? the times. and see you're stuck you're put in a position where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't that's yeah. a fact you yeah. want to be a good soldier support the team support the organization support the company but at the same time, you're kind of cutting your own throat by leaving behind what it is you've got to do, and it's in that interruption of that deep work, that deep concentrated work that Georgetown talks about. That you know you got to have that time to get into it and then work it. So either way, you're going to lose. You just can't win out of that, and yeah. that's that's a bad place. And then what do you make it up? You make it out of coming in earlier. You go out and stay late. Now you're working. Oh yeah, all business. those you're things life. have been up. Yeah, uh, home just it up. Work. work
0: work-life disruption, um, mm-hmm. reduced ability to really focus stress levels. All those yeah. things go go up. Now, here's the other one. We could, we could unpack this bullet point for a, a couple of these podcasts, long-term growth. We could talk about culture issues. We could talk about uh, really the focus and the ability to pivot and change. All those things go out the window when you spend too much time in simple meetings, meetings that are ineffective. Now, some meetings you need to have some of these meetings, yeah, some. but the vast majority of these meetings, even by survey and every, and even by a senior executives, are ineffective,
1: inefficient, go too long, and are meaningless. I think this is my theory about this. I think these long, the quality, the poor quality meetings, the quantity, too many meetings. I think that really it really is a is a reflection on leadership that leadership does not have the experience and the confidence that they really have to have. So they're not they're anxious inside of themselves. They're not sure. They're not certain. And so they got to have all these meetings to kind of get information and get everybody else's you know feedback. But at some level, I think it's it's also getting their approbation, their approval you know, that go ahead and do it, that they just, they just aren't stepping forward as leaders to really lead. So they're always checking it out. You know, there was one study that that we looked at that said, you know, sometimes a lot of times leaders get too caught up in, you know, in the internal that what they're feeling themselves about things, rather than just driving results, that internal turmoil has to do with their lack of clarity, their lack of conviction, their lack of real courage to go out and do stuff, you know, to yes. get it done. They're too much yeah. caught up in themselves rather than taking a look at, let's just take the action. Let's get this done. Right. So that's where I think this would, it starts to burn through it. It burns through at all levels. If you're working at, as you're a leader, if you're a leader working at that level of anxiety, I don't know, I got to find out what everybody else thinks about it. Man, you're going to burn your candle out before you know it. That's why that 50% of leaderships want leave people and put in leadership positions f- three years later, they're gone. They've earned themselves out with their own anxiety, which is really based upon their lack of skills and knowledge and character as a leader. That's where we come in and we work with people and start saying, let's take a look at what's going on here. What's the play that you keep working against yourself, undermining yourself, second, third, guessing yourself. Let's get that calmed down. Let's get you focused about what's really great about you as a leader. Build those things out. Otherwise, you're going to keep eating your own lunch. Again and again and again, yeah, yeah. not in a good way. And you will soon find yourself going, "Jesus, I feel so bad. I can't do this anymore. I gotta to quit, leave, go no, somewhere."
0: Absolutely, you know and that, that doesn't have to happen. No, it doesn't have to happen. You know, the the more time you spend in meetings, the more time it t- the more time of your employees you've taken away from those things that are really going to create long term growth for your. They they don't like you for that.
1: No, they don't like you for that.
0: You may think that you're
1: creating relationships with meetings, but they don't like you when you do that.
0: Yeah, and even if you're one of those guys or or gals that just likes to talk to people and make sure they're listening to you in a meeting. And I've got something else to say that I thought about last night, you know, we're in this morning in the shower. (laughs) And I I feel it's really important that I talk to you about this and tell you about this. And, you know, I've been, have you ever been in meetings where the guy or or the, the person... You know, that's leading the meeting or presenting or whatever has this monotone voice, and you fall asleep
1: or you want to. I'm asleep. telling you, it drives me nuts. The meeting ends at three thirty, and the guy is still going. It's four fifty-seven, and you're going, What the heck doesn't he get? Yeah, yeah.
0: And that point, it comes hostile, and you know, all those really kind people. like that, that woman, head. the woman she it's, stabbed herself in the leg with a pencil. She just couldn't yeah. take it anymore. <laughs> That, that actually the came story. from Harvard true Business story. Review, a true story. She stabbed her leg in the pencil to stop herself from screaming. She probably thought it was her epipen. She
1: was she was allergic to this guy. I I can't breathe. I would stab myself with my epipen, but it was a pencil. Yeah, <laughs> poor woman. <laughs> well, here
0: this this all goes back to the other thing we were just talking about: employee retention. Yeah, a serious issue with with this this these meetings. People get tired of meetings and they want to work. They just want to put it uh, put it to to a test and get going and, and focus on those things that are going to r- build real growth.
1: Yeah, real people can, only, people can only put it with so much mindlessness, and then like they're they're either going to go insane. They're going to just I got to get out of here. Yeah, deal with it.
0: Yeah, and that's just like the, the, what I mentioned a few minutes ago. Zoom fatigue is a real problem. Yeah, it's a real problem. Organizational burnout. Even though we're right.
1: on Zoom right now.
0: Yeah, we even love, though we're on Zoom. We love Zoom. Yes. Golly. We and, just got uh, to We love for you to hear us talk. <laughs> 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 organizational burnout. You know, we talk about organizational culture a lot. It's one of the things we specialize in. Yeah. These, uh, organizational burnout is, is a real factor a factor that's a factor in being able to pivot it's a factor in being able to change it's a factor in being able to stay up with the curtain current issues and current uh things in in business that's going to keep you going for now it is is. yep stab yourself with a pencil
1: there you go i feel better
0: okay so here tips on reducing the meeting madness shorten or eliminate meetings
1: altogether That's, I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to be hard for some leaders. That is. And and I'll tell you why. And it's not why you think. I'll tell you why. My guess is it's not what you think. I think there are leaders that are literally addicted to meetings. Oh, absolutely. They get get some sort of, of, of psychological high or something by having people come in. And I think it's like an addiction for some people. They just got to have it. Yeah. And what it really is, it's a way of them having to eliminate dealing with their own incompetencies. Yeah. They don't have to look at that because they can keep looking, have these meetings and they'll look at everybody else and see how incompetent they are. And then they can say, you know, from Mount Sinai, this is what you have to do or else kind of stuff. I I think it is a kind of weird, twisted addiction that some leaders have about meetings.
0: They do. I agree with that 100 percent. They like that, that calendar full of meetings. Yeah. And I know, I know people like that, that they feel that that is part of the title, part of the the management philosophy. Part of all this is, is the more time I spend talking to other people in meetings, the more important I I, I make myself out to be. I know people like that. Yeah. So I want I want to tell you a little bit about the shortener, shorten or limit meetings, because this just happened with a company I worked with, Michael. And when I went in there, uh, they were having it was it was very siloed. The departments were very siloed, there was not a lot of communication, there was a lot of blame uh, going on between departments, and every single one of these departments had their own morning meetings that were quite frankly useless in a lot of a lot of sense. Some of these you'd get on, and all the people would get on there, we'd wait for everybody to get on teams or whatever, and then You know, the people who were leaning out were like, well, I really don't have much today. Does anybody have anything? And then they'd go around, well, no one has anything. Okay, well, great. We'll see you tomorrow. And then they'd hold the same day meeting in the afternoon to go over the stuff that they either did or did not talk about in the morning. Now, the problem is, is every single one of these these departments were doing the same thing. Having a morning meeting that was really, there was no agenda there was no focus on what we, we needed to, to truly talk about. And it was an absolute waste of time. And the problem is, is there was no cross-functional uh, uh, communication. There was a lot of blame. There was, you know, one department didn't know what the other department was doing. And these were like important part, departments that needed to be communicating with each other. And although they thought they were, they were not, and there was a lot of you know the the yeah, the cool, good. you know blame symbol uh, happening. So what we did is we eliminated all those department meetings. and we started one morning meeting that lasted thirty minutes with a specific set of KPIs. It was thirty minutes. Everybody knew what they needed to come to the meeting with. Everybody knew what they were they needed to report on from the previous day and it was it was it worked like clockwork it broke down those silos and it was designed to open communication now when you start these meetings if you if you get them going right and keep them at that 30 minutes you see things blossom you see communication blossom now everybody starts to understand what the other hand is doing the left hand knows what the right hand is doing and they know how to help each other at that point they know they see that the, the problems and struggles that all the departments are going with, and it's not about it's not a meeting to throw blame. It's not a meeting to look at you know why didn't you do this. It's something it's designed to open communication. It's designed to have a specific set of KPIs of uh, an agenda that is every day everybody knew they had to, to, to and they had a spreadsheet. Everybody had a spreadsheet on a shared drive that they would report their stuff on in the morning. They'd come in, whoever's leading the meeting, we'd go through these, these different uh, KPIs and everybody and be able to report on those in 30 minutes, we were done. And then there was no need for multiple departmental meetings. There was no need to re-meet in the afternoon to rehash the nothingness that they get in the morning.
1: <laughs> the nothingness.
0: And what happens? Uh, what happens over time and what happened here is those meetings Blossom. They take on uh, an air uh, around them that's of
1: a life of their own. A,
0: a life, life of their own. own. Yeah, and, they yeah. take, and, you know, let's, hey, you know, this is something we really need to talk about in the morning meeting. It really, it's an important thing. Okay, let's add that to the KPIs. But remember, we're still not going to, this meeting stays at 30 minutes. It doesn't go beyond that. Yeah. And it, it's these type of things work wonders. They really do. When you have the right type of, of format, the right type of meeting, the right type of expectations, and you know, here's some other things that we, we need to talk about too, is, is the number of participants. Who is gonna be there? Are they the right people? Is everybody gonna be there? You know, numbers show, surveys show, Michael, that seven or less is the magic number for to really get a meeting um, an effective meeting. For every person you add above and beyond that, you lose ten percent of your ability to get things accomplished. For every person.
1: That's so you mentioned, you
0: mentioned something earlier about some things that you did with
1: with a group of coaches. Well, our our, our meetings were different than the kind of meetings you described. Yeah. You did those extremely well. My job, running a coaching group uh my business what it was was about keeping them really sharp it's the whole thing of sharpening the saw that covey talks about because coaching can be very complex depending on the kinds of things that you're coaching i had them in there uh four days a week an hour each time and we just kept working it through about these different coaching techniques and skills and how to listen how to really understand and how to deal with the clients to keep them moving keep them motivated keep them accountable so that was what we would do. And the result was, that may seem like a lot of time to work with coaches. Most coaches, they go and work for some place. Unfortunately, they're treated like rented mules. They're just kind of whipped, whip, 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 whip get, more clients, get more clients, get more clients, get more clients to coach, 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 coach. Or That's what they're doing, what they're doing. Yep. We had a different philosophy about what we wanted was quality coaching, quality time, quality results. That's what we did. The result was we had just exactly that. We had quality coaches that gave quality time to the clients. And the, it was amazing. Nobody could beat our numbers. Nobody could even touch our numbers because we kept working with the coaches. Because if I knew the coaches were sharp, then they would deliver sharp coaching. Then the people in turn, they would get sharp results. They'd get what they wanted. So it was a different kind of meeting, but it was very focused. Uh, these were very focused. They were very intent. We were in, did the work and back out, getting the work done. So you have to take a look at there's different kinds of meetings. Yes. And uh, that goes back to the that statistic of 75% of leaders out there are not trained on how to really do a meeting, the kinds of meetings and understanding what those meetings are all about. We can help them with that. We can help you figure out what meetings are what, what is the style that you go into, what are the things that you do so that you can get the most out of the time, as you're saying, minimal amount of people in, minimal amount of time, but maximum result. Because you know how to do the meeting, set it up, run it, and then leave so that you come back with accountability. Yep. So you uh, know, Those and are and real skills. Those are real skills.
0: It's a real, it is absolutely a real skill. And part of what we do, too, is, is with, with some of our assessments that we do, which is establish a baseline with the people we're working with, is talking to their team members. Yeah. How do they actually uh, work in meetings? Do they lead well? Do they... You know, and that's actually some of the questions. How do they function in a team environment? Right. And sometimes people think they're doing an exceptional job in a team environment and really don't have have not been told where they really lie, where their strengths lie, where their gaps lie.
1: And then they're shocked. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: they're, they're shocked. shocked. <laughs> and in some in some cases, probably embarrassed.
1: Probably. That's true. Yeah. So, so let's go to the next yeah. point here. Excellent. Yeah. Use, an, Use agenda an agenda and distribute a meeting results. Yeah, distribute that. Yeah. That's that communication. That's that real effectiveness. Here's what we're going to do. Give it out to them like three days before. Right. Because some of your more yeah. introverted people are deep thinking people. They need to have the time to just kind of think of that, about that, then come with their their ideas, their 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 innovations, their, their just, you know, what is it they, they've got. There are people that are thinkers, they just need time. And if you just lay it out on them while you're there in the meeting and you don't give them time, by the time they start thinking it through and they have some suggestions, the meeting is over and you've lost that brain trust that they could have contributed there. Yeah, the other part of that. So it gives it, you know, give them at least three days out there. The other one is once you have those done, follow up with the meeting notes so that everybody has those to make sure that everybody's on the same page. If anything's been left out, they can then be added back in because sometimes people miss stuff. But that there it is. There's the communication cycle. Yes. Yeah. If you're not yes. doing that communication cycle, which like cycle, which is one of the things that leaders, CEOs, are one of the, not the best at. They're just not really good at that. No. But if no. you do that, you get that tool in your toolbox. You're gonna start seeing a real difference.
0: And here is the other thing is keeping meetings on track. There's a skill to this. Mm-hmm. There is truly a skill to keeping the meetings on track and that really goes back to having that agenda. And you know rules of engagement, you know the those rules of engagement about meetings. We know that this meeting is going to go X amount of time. We start at this time, we end at this time. You know, we're not we're not holding the meeting up for everybody because you need to be on time. Keeping the meeting on track. This is the the, the conversation, the things we need to discuss now. And this is who's going to discuss them. And once that that time is up, you know, if you have to come back and visit that next time, so you do, but you keep things on track.
1: It it, it goes back to the cost. Yeah. $400 billion. Yeah, $400 billion. A year. If you started saying, okay, we got to get ourselves out of this comfort zone of starting meetings five, 10 minutes late and then going over five, 10 minutes. That's a comfort zone. That's a behavior. That's a habit. Yeah. That's all that it is. It's just a habit. It's not like a cultural norm. It's just bad habit. And you said, we're going to change that starting next week. Every minute you start your meeting late, that's five, That's 50 bucks. Yeah. And pretty soon that starts adding up to be just a few bucks. If you go over, your time, that's 50 bucks for every minute you go over. I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to help you become more self-discipline in the use of our time and our resources in our organization. It's a yes. matter, and sometimes money is the way to grab people's attention. Whoa! I, I just had you know x amount of bucks pulled out of my paycheck because of that. You know, that, yeah, that's right. Because you think it's just your time. No, it's our time. It's the organization's time. And when you're robbing us, you're robbing all of us because you're not starting on time and you're not ending on time. That's real accountability. It's painful accountability. Yeah. Sometimes that, that's, that's what's needed to get, let's get serious about this. This is costing us money because not only are people coming late, they're staying late. There's also the emotional discouragement. There's the like, oh, crap, we're doing this again. And the, yeah. just yeah. the whole morale stuff starts to happening. 50 bucks a minute is cheap when you take a look at it. It's expensive, but it's cheap until people get the idea. You know what? We're serious.
0: Yep. And, and st- you start daydreaming, all that kind of stuff. People, what was you that statistic we just read? 90% of the people in some of these meetings are daydreaming. Yeah, 73%
1: are doing something else.
0: Yeah, they're shopping on Amazon. <laughs> in the back of the coffee tree. Shopping on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> no, they Play probably game. are. I don't know.
1: Playing games. You know,
0: they're playing games, or they're texting someone about, you know, lunch. Who knows? So, and here's another concept that uh, just read about, and it's yeah. and it's something that I've worked with before. But meeting free days, and that may not mean the whole day we don't have a meeting, but eliminate, take some of those people that have, you know, and say these people need to work today. We have projects that need to get done. We're not going to bother them on. This day and this day and this day, or whatever, or you just take that and say Fridays or no meeting day. Something, something along those lines, but make it a, a, so everybody can focus on the the work that needs to get done. and maybe those 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 things that come out of those meetings, the important things that come out of the meetings that we need to work on.
1: Yeah, send an email on that stuff. Here's the thing: you'll probably get pushback on that. Oh, sometimes sure, you prepare- well. Be prepared for the pushback because after yeah, yeah. the I mean they've got to be here. Well, maybe yeah. not so much. Maybe there's something better they can do. We need more donuts.
0: <laughs> more donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you know, you can, you can, we can make fun of all these these things all you want. You know, yeah. some of these things are. If you remember, you remember Dilbert. Yeah, I mean that uh, some of these things that you know, just uh, the whole Dilbert comedy thing about having meetings and the meetings, but in reality these are serious issues these are serious issues that impact the you know your your employees they don't want to be there anymore it Im- impacts their ability to get their job done they feel overworked in a lot of ways too many meetings
1: underappreciated underappreciated overworked stressed working too many hours it affects their health physically mentally no. emotionally yes it affects their family lives Yes. Family lives are being upset because they're working too long. That's going to stress them all the more. I mean, let's be honest about it. Leaders, if you're smart, if you care, if you're really engaged in the work that you do there, you look out for and you protect and you take care of your those people that you are leading. Yep. They will they will come back in spades in terms of loyalty. But if you're not appreciative of them, if you're not protecting them, if you're not looking out for them, you're not going to get much back. Just just, you know, don't feel for work. But not much
0: help. Yep. Now it's it's a given that meetings are part of doing business. Yeah. It's a given. But the thing that needs to be taken uh, account of is effective meetings. Effective meetings, short meetings with the right people in there, the right agendas. You know, keeping keeping track of the time, keeping everybody on on time. And allowing people to be able to get their work done when they're working.
1: Don't be a meeting abuser. Yep. Yeah. So
0: how do you, how, how do they do
1: this, Michael? Get a hold of us right there. You got all the information you need to get a hold of us. If you're struggling with your meetings as a leader and leaders, we know you are struggling. The statistics are out there. The studies have been made. You know, let's get you some help. Yeah, you don't have to figure it out alone. And Sometimes you're just so stuck in what it is that's going on. You just you just can't see the forest for the trees. But we can help you. Get a hold of us. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if we can help you. Or if we can't, we'll tell you. And yep. if we can't, let's take a look at what it is that's possible to do and what it is that you want and how we can help you deliver on that so that you, as a leader, are going and growing and making things happen for your team. It's exactly. a big deal. It really is a huge deal when you really get down to it. It's... Uh, it, it, I'll tell you, it's the kind of thing that will either make and break your team. It can even make and break your career when you really get down to it. So
0: give us oh, a call. Absolutely. So Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. That's the website. That's the place to go. You can get a hold of us from there, make an appointment. Let's let's talk about these things. So um, one big shout out today, Michael, some folks in Boise, Idaho. Okay. Boise, Idaho. And uh, yeah, there's some others that were up there. I saw some. From Boise, I know, is a
1: beautiful place. Boise is
0: a great place. Yeah. yeah, great place. I think for a while it was the number one retirement destination in the United States.
1: A lot of successful business people are in Boise.
0: Yes, they are. A lot of successful yeah. businesses are. In it's
1: Boise. actually a lot more temperate place than uh, Salt Lake City.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's not nearly as cold up there as it is. We're we're moving to Boise.
0: Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I actually, I actually had family who did that to get out of the, the winter. They're, they're up there in Meridian, right by Boise.
1: So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that at all. It's a great place to have been there. It's really nice, actually. All right, let's wrap. Okay, folks,
0: take care of each other. And until next time, uh, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, Rich and Michael, and we'll see you again.
1: You can do it. We can help you. All the best.
0: With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbaily.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.